Sometimes walking the line in between is too much. Sometimes all we find is that we need to get up. I'm Drew Wesselhoff, and you're listening to the Psalm Song Podcast. In episode 5, we talked about how Kierkegaard and the collection can stay the doubt and remove its anxiety. But what happens when we can't remove that anxiety? When everything we try is not enough to persevere through our doubts and our insecurities? What happens when it's far easier to stay down than to figure out how to get back up? If I can be honest with you all, this episode has been incredibly hard to write. This is because this episode has caused me to re-examine why I started this podcast in the first place. I began this podcast with the intent to encourage other people who have walked a similar road that I have, as well as to organize my own thoughts on my own changing spirituality. I thought I had found a solution that the truth was found somewhere in the middle. In between it all, we could find a way to move forward. In between psalm and song, we could find the sacred in the secular and the secular in the sacred. But what I found instead is that you cannot stay in the middle for long. After a while, you have to choose one or the other. Walking the line is only viable for a little while, because life has never lived on this line. We can talk about songs and psalms in the theoretical space that this podcast creates, but as soon as the episode ends, we must return to reality. I have found that talking about this middle ground is healthy, but staying here for too long can be harmful. If we go back to the metaphor of riding the waves between doubt and belief that we've been talking about, then the fantasy author Robert Jordan can help illustrate the concept I'm talking about. He says, You don't drown by falling into the water. You drown by staying there. In a similar vein, this episode's musician, Brian Simpson, says, I think the biggest thing for me is to try and have something to say and something to sing about. Try to live a life that's brave and try stuff and attempt stuff and be courageous so you'll have brave and courageous things to write about. Then, when you fail at those things, you have heartbreak and humility to write about. You can't just sit in the middle trying to walk this thin line between the valley and the mountains. You've got to go chance one for the other and you'll be better for both. So far, this podcast has been walking the line between the valley and the mountains that Brian is talking about. But now it's time to move forward and chance one for the other. Our time here in the middle is drawing to a close, but our time here in the middle will make us better for both the highs and the lows. Brian Simpson is one of the founding members of the Texas-based progressive bluegrass group called Cadillac Sky. Since 2007, they have released three full-length LPs, and the most recent of these, Letters in the Deep, was produced by the Nashville legend Dan Auerbach of the Black Keys. In addition to Cadillac Sky, Brian has co-written songs for country stars like Blake Shelton, Tim McGraw, Brad Martin, and Joe Nichols. But also, in 2011, Brian left Cadillac Sky to start a solo project called The Whistles and the Bells. Hey Brian, in all sincerity, your whistly bell music 
it taught me how to love again. Called the whistles of the bell, whistles of the, the bells of the. Don't you mean the whiskers and the balls? No, man, the whistles and the bells. The whistles and the bells. Oh, that makes way more sense. Stupid name, but it's good. I played on it. Oh, thanks, fellas. Thanks for saying that. I really love you guys. Brian cites the reason for the shift from Cadillac Sky to the whistles and the bells was because he had a quote unquote spiritual rearrangement in 2008. Brian wanted to be able to sing about that rearrangement with all the vulnerability and honesty that a solo record allows. 2008, God changed my life. I had, you know, I had this desire to know him, and I didn't know how to do it. Traveling around in the back of a van, and um, so I needed to break free from that and have a chance to do that, to have a chance to rediscover what I'm even doing any of this for, why I make music for, you know. About the songs on this solo record, he says. It just kept showing up. It didn't really fit anywhere else, you know? It's sort of therapy to me, I guess, to write them, you know? And, uh, and they sort of kind of made some sort of collage, you know? Like they sort of came together as like one, looked like they were making, they were creating something, like one picture was coming out of it. From this point forward, we're going to talk about the fourth track from his picture, titled Canary Cage. I wrote this song one morning after waking up and seeing um, the tragedy of a tornado going through Joplin, Missouri, and watching a man um, with his house below him, like a cardboard box that had been flattened, and uh, the reporter continually asking him um, questions in order to create this sort of culture of despair and chaos, and uh, he continued to speak one of hope and faith despite the circumstances. This song, Canary Cage, is the song that first drew me to the whistle and the bells. It paints an incredible picture of a family coming together after losing everything. But at the same time, it's Brian's song about dealing with the age-old philosophical question of the problem of evil. And this problem of evil is the problem of reconciling the issue of the existence of evil with an all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving God. The existence of both of these things at the same time looks very contradictory. And Brian saw this problem through the tragedy of the Joplin tornado. And he tried to come up with an answer, but at the end of the day, he had no answer. He had no coherent way of explaining away why this tornado had destroyed the lives of so many. But instead of despairing, and instead of letting this problem overcome him, he had the courage to stare it in the face and not back down. Father, I believe, does this by quoting scripture from the Bible as the chorus of the song. He simply says, I believe, help my unbelief. This short statement comes from Mark 9.24, which tells the story of a doubtful father who is asking Jesus to heal his son. This father knows he is doubtful of Jesus' power to heal his son and admits this. He admits that he does not believe by saying that he believes. So what is he actually saying here?
But I think that this moment of admitting unbelief and belief at the same time is exactly what a healthy spiritual life should look like. Having the bravery and the courage to admit that you know nothing is both freeing and terrifying, much like the broken tether of episode 5. This short statement reveals a lot about our current definition of faith and how it can fall short sometimes. The modern definition of faith is often simply just belief in things unseen. But if Brian and the father from the biblical story are both truly being faithful in admitting their unbelief, then it must follow that faith is not belief. Let me say that again. Faith is not belief. Belief is absolutely a part of it, but so is unbelief. I think that faith thrives when the faithful embraces the paradox of belief and unbelief at the same time. Maybe what is missing from our current understanding of faith is courage. Maybe faith, then, is not belief in things unseen, but the courage to be present in spite of nothing seen. In spite of no answer to the meaningless suffering of the families in Joplin, Brian refuses to ignore it and has the courage to wrestle with it and think about it. Brian is embracing the paradox of the presence of belief and unbelief at the same time. And what he finds in the midst of it all is an honest and paradoxical faith. And even more so, Brian has the courage to write a song about his doubts and his unbelief and share it with the world. He says, I believe a great song can't be written with the idea of making everybody fall in love with you. That's an effort in vanity. And vanity stops vulnerability. And I'm sold out to the idea that vulnerability leads to community. Deeply personal lyrics that chronicle the individuality of someone's highs and lows can bring us together. There's something about hearing the specific details of someone else's wounds that makes it okay to share the specifics of your own wounds. So let's be vulnerable about our wounds so that others can do the same. Don't lock your lion up in a canary cage. Don't put the divine in a box that limits what it can be. But instead, have the courage to let the lion out and let it be wild. Wrestle with the problem and don't look away. Be brave and be present in spite of the paradox, in spite of the unbelief. And maybe you'll find that the lion was always meant to be wild and untamed. So here's my cover of Canary Cage by The Whistles and the Bells. I hope you find the courage to look for a faith that lives in between belief and unbelief. Grace and peace, my friends. It's the Psalm Song Podcast. Huddled all night in the tub beneath the basement stairs Joel from Joplin speaks above the hum of anxious prayers His spirit rises as he details what fell from the clouds Till seeing in circumstance now where his faith is found. Oh, 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 oh.
The chain link fence with fire in its breath And it scares my baby brother's little princess ghostly white And the siren sound as she turns around runs to her father's reach And panic like a river flows to an ocean of peace Saying oh, Father I believe oh, oh, my unbelief So long I've locked the lion up in my canary cage and I'm scared of any thought that could not navigate my maze But cancer feeds and more it bleeds and sometimes I can barely breathe with the toxicity of my doubts But I'll be damned if I'm a prisoner to my circumstances Find this faithless clown For you will not let me down No, you will not let me down Help my unbelief.